1: This segment of the show was sponsored by our friends at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret that pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play Plus 4 and release the secret pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet. The winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence. Grip Golf Pride. All right, now back in making his seventh appearance with me here on the French Lake Resort guest line is Bill Bergen. Let me remind you about Bill's background. Played his college golf at Auburn University from 1978 to 81 and was named first team All-SEC every year, and he helped Auburn win the 1981 SEC Championship. His 65 during the 1979 Pan American Tournament still ranks as one of the lowest 18 holes in Auburn golf history. He's played in over 250 professional tournaments worldwide, including three U.S. Opens, two Open championships, and over 50 PGA Tour events. He's now recognized as one of the top golf course designers in the world, and he started his own design business. It's called Bergen Golf Design, and he designs and redesigns courses all over the world. He's been involved in over 70 golf course design projects, and like I say at the top, go online to see for yourself what great work Miller's doing by going to bergengolf.com. And I'm excited he's back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Bill, thanks for coming back on the show.
2: Hey, Chris, it's my pleasure. Always fun to be on, on your show. I appreciate you.
1: So, Bill, I got to start by asking you, have you come down from the high of your Auburn Tigers beating Alabama last Saturday in the Iron Bowl?
2: I'll tell you what, everywhere I've been the last couple of days, it's been pretty easy to have an opening conversation because everybody's pretty excited about it. So, yeah, it was it was really good stuff. and. um I'll tell you what, I was exhausted. I was sweating. I was doing all kinds of things just watching.
1: (laughs) You were. Bill, like I said during your intro and at the top of the show, you have done some spectacular work on a lot of different projects that you've just recently finished up or you're involved with right now. And I'll start with the Macklemore, which is outside of Chattanooga. It's number one on my list right now to play. It, It turned out to be an absolutely spectacular golf course from everything i've seen from the pictures to the to some of the videos and then what i've read online as well let everybody know about that golf course
2: so the macklemore club we just opened in june so it's it's a baby it's brand new and it was a an existing course that we renovated extensively and it sits up on lookout mountain so it sits about um 21 2200 feet above sea level which is really nice because that's a its own climate in other words it's for the south it's cooler up there and and, it, and it's a Big, broad, open golf course with amazing views. Um, I've worked on a bunch of mountain courses. In fact, I was at two of them today, which are a little bit different than this. But Macklemore is rugged. It's open. It's spacious. It feels a bit western. And there's rattlesnakes and all kinds of wildlife up there. And and as you mentioned, our tagline is, is sort of life above or golf above the clouds. And literally, you're out on that golf course, and you have these incredible views over what's called Macklemore Cove, which was where our name came from, and you're literally standing looking down on birds that are soaring in the area. So it's, it's really an incredible landscape, and um, we were really, really fortunate to work there over the last couple of years. And one of the things that was so exciting, uh, we had a problem, and we had a problem in that we didn't have a clubhouse. Nor did we have adequate space for a clubhouse and parking and all the things that go with the clubhouse. And so our owners looked at us and said, okay, what, you know, what can we do about this? Is there a possibility of moving the 18th hole? And the old 18th hole sat on, on top of the high plateau. It had nice views in the distance, but it really wasn't on the edge of things. And we looked at this shelf of rock that was um, about 400 feet to the east and 100 foot down below the old 18th hole. And we determined <laughs> with a little bit of faith that we could build a new golf hole down there and we could move the clubhouse out to the, to the original 18th hole area, which would give it great mountain views and views down into the cove. And even more importantly, looking down on this new 18th. So we literally built a 430 yard par four on the edge of a mountain. And when I say on the edge, you stand on the green and you look down and it drops 1200 feet down into the valley below. And it does not have a guardrail. So you you have to be sensible, but it is it's not as dangerous <laughs> as that sounds, but but you can take a step that you can't recover from. Um but you're fortunately not playing golf in that spot. That's more of a photographic spot. But it is incredible. Um literally the eighteenth green is perched out on this rock ledge and um there's I no, I can't describe it properly. There are pictures on our website obviously and on our social media sites, but seeing it in person is just unbelievable.
1: The 18th hole, and I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Seems to it seems to look out onto forever. It's it's got to be one of the most beautiful finishing holes in the entire game, you know. And I'm assuming that's the one you're talking about because it looks like to me if you if you hit it left for those of us that are right-handed, if you pull it a little left, you might not want to go looking for that golf ball. That one just might want to be gone and let that go. That, I'm assuming that's yeah, the one you're talking about. I know
2: the picture you're looking at and you can actually see this rock ledge that almost has a, a reverse C or an overhang where there's a small pine out on the edge. And, and it's just this incredible landscape that we were fortunate enough to discover and use for this 18th hole. And, um, it's just really exciting. Now, when you stand back on the tee, the left side is all, all drops off. Um, it's wide to the right and it all slopes back to the fairway. So you actually have plenty of room to plague off. You just can't pull it. And so uh, you can play cautiously to the right all day long, um, but to to attack the hole and, and play it aggressively, you, you come a little bit closer to the to the drop on the left side.
1: So that sort of begs the question for me, and I know that uh, you collaborated with Reese Jones on this uh, on this golf course and the design. But to find that piece of that stretch of land, I mean, what's that? What's that lay? Like? I mean, are you building the course backwards? You, you look at that piece of land, and you go, you know what? this has got to be where we finish this thing and then build it backwards yeah, so, from there. So how did it, how did it come about?
2: You asked. So, so there was a hiking trail through that area. So I knew of the area and actually around the corner from the green is going to be a hotel site for a Hilton Imperial hotel. So we knew about this property, um, but accessing it is not very easy. And I, and it was completely wooded, hundred percent wooded, uh, briars, all kinds of things. And so I walked, walked, basically every inch of it. And my son, Matt, who works for me, we shot topography with a, with a grade rod and a hand level because you couldn't do it otherwise. And we determined that, yes, we can build a hole here. So I came back to my owner, Dwayne Horton, and I said, we can do it. And um, when I, when I after surveying it, I literally walked up into the pro shop, and I was bleeding because it was, I think it was warm when I was doing this, and I was in shorts and, you know, just a shirt. And I had, my legs were bloody and I had, you know, I had made quite the effort to, um, discover this hole. And, and the really only tough spot we had, um, the most difficult spot was literally from the tees to the start of the fairway. There was a giant, um, rise with a, um, a, a boulder bigger than your house. And I don't know how big your house is, but it was bigger. And, um, it, it was so big that there was a 24 inch full grown tree growing out of the rock. And then right behind that was a ravine, and we had to be able to, to move that rock. And we did blast it in that, in that location and, and shape the tees in. That was the, the most difficult part. But otherwise, we cut the right side, and we cut a ton of rock out of, out of there, and we just pushed the rock to the left, and we pushed it to the edge to form the edge of the fairway. Now, what you're seeing in that picture, that's all natural rock. Um, but as you move to the right, and sort of the curve that goes around the um, approach to the green, that's pushed rock, and so it's a blend. You're seeing both when you look at that picture. So um, it's it's really exciting. But, again, you get on the 18th green, and you just look out for miles and miles and miles, all the way to Pigeon Mountain on the other side, through Macklemore Cove, which is farmland and, and wooded area, and it's just gorgeous.
1: And just to take that another half step further, Bill, i got to imagine when you've got people out there playing, that's not one of the the holes where you hole out, you take your ball out of the cup, and you just walk off and go on to the next tee. I got to imagine there there's uh, groups, you know, posing for pictures, selfies, and just a look at what that what that's like. I got to imagine you get a lot of comments about uh, kind of getting lost in the scenery for a minute.
2: Give us a little time; it may be the most photographed hole in the southeast, so it it is really uh, an, an eye catcher, and it's just. Again, it, it, you just have this sense of, wow, what a piece of property and how fortunate are we to be able to play golf on
1: it. Let's talk about a couple of the other projects you're working on. You've got a couple other ones, speaking of scenic areas and waterfalls and that sort of thing. You've got Highlands Falls up in North Carolina. You've got the Waterfall Club as well. Talk about those two projects.
2: Yes. Yeah, so we seem to be doing a lot of work on, on, um, magnificent terrain, uh, with, you know, in the mountain areas. So we, we are, we're under construction. In fact, today I was up at Waterfall Club, which is in, on Lake Burton in North Georgia. So it's, it's a beautiful mountain lake area, very popular. And then this golf course, um, is associated with that, with the com- community called Waterfall Club. And it literally has the second hole from the T's down to the green that drops over 200 feet. And it's a waterfall the whole way and that hence the name of the club. And it's really unbelievable. We're doing all new bunkers, green surrounds and a ton of drainage on that project. So we're under construction right now. And then ironically up in Highlands, which is further up into North Carolina, beautiful mountain community there, a really fun town to visit. If if you've ever, if you don't know of it, it's, it's a, a place with great restaurants and, and art galleries and shopping and golf and hiking and and just a great getaway place well Highlands Falls is a, a Joe Lee course that we're redoing completely and we are we're we're kind of blowing this one up but we also have a, the 15th hole is one of the most unique holes in golf it's a a little bitty par 3 not much more than a wedge just pretty much a wedge shot but it has a hundred and about 50 foot waterfall that starts well above the green and goes right next to the green all the way down to the 14th green and the green is smaller than your house and I don't know how big your house is but it's a little <laughs> bitty it's a little bitty green and um it's it's really an exciting all or nothing shot and so to to work on both of these golf courses in these environments right now is is um very fortunate to do so and and you know just love being out on, on the property you know it it's just fresh air beautiful views uh waterfall in, in contrast to Macklemore, Highlands Falls is a very small, intimate golf course, and it's gorgeous. It's just, it's as pretty as it can be with rhododendron and, and hemlock trees and, and it's in streams and, and ponds all over the property. Just, just a, a completely different mountain experience, it's much more rainforest like. Uh, so there, the high contrast between, between the two golf courses, but what a, what a, what a privilege I have for work, to work on them.
1: Bill, when we think about the great golf course designers, everyone sort of has a signature that you can say, and I know you've been involved in projects where you've gone in and and taken a golf course back to how it was originally intended by some of, like I say, some of the Hall of Fame golf course designers. But when you think about your work, what's the signature of a Bill Bergen golf course?
2: You know, one of the things that happens on each of our courses, um, they're harder for the better players and easier for the average golfer, which is I'm really proud of. That's probably hard to explain, but we we know what challenges. You know, I I was able to play, as you mentioned, 50 PGA Tour events, and I I played in five majors. I know what good players deal with mentally and physically when they play golf, and and probably more mentally is what matters. And then I taught for three years at Cherokee in Atlanta, which is a big 2,000-member club And I literally, as a teacher, I really paid attention to what average golfers deal with when they play golf. And so our designs are set up for people to be able to play the game on the ground, be able to navigate their way around hazards, but challenge you significantly if you play more aggressively and you play more through the air. And so we do both. Now, I'd say that the coolest thing that I do is is adjust the way the game is played around the greens, because most players while they may be attempting to hit the green they end up around the green rather than rather than actually on the putting surface and so what happens around the green we we make it um sort of very playable or collecting for the for the average player and yet really challenging and interesting for the better player uh different elevations different grass heights uh, a wide variety of shots so that each time you play the golf course you feel like what no matter where the hole lo- is located it changes, and and you get great variety. So if you played, you know, one of my courses six days in a row, you'd have six different experiences.
1: And Bill, another one of the courses that you've done some work on is the honors course up in Udawa, Tennessee. It's a, a private course that not enough people really know about. It's one of the top golf courses in the country. I know Golf Digest ranked it 28th in their top 100 this year. Talk about being a part of that golf course and that country club and some of the history behind it.
2: Well, that's a, a a beautiful golf course developed by a guy named Jack Lupton. And it is one of, it's the premier golf course in the state of Tennessee. Now, while I would like to have worked on a whole bit of, a bunch of that golf course, I did all the practice to do it. So I did the driving range, uh, a short game area, you know, two and a half acre short game area. All of that I worked on, but otherwise I, I haven't. It's Pete Dye Original. Um, a really cool golf course. I think it's the most natural site Pete's ever worked with. Uh, just a gorgeous site. You know, he's done some amazing jobs on sites that really offered nothing to begin with. Think about TPC uh, at Sawgrass and PGA West and, and even, uh, Whistling Straits. You know, he just totally redid the landscape there. Um, came, you know, built something from nothing. The honors course, he really had a great piece of property and it, and it shows. And so, um, really a special place uh, always a privilege to to be out there and to have spent time on that property and to have worked on it.
1: And Bill, when you're considering taking on a new designing project and you're working with the owner and that sort of thing and you're going out and visiting the property, what are you looking for? How do you decide, yeah, I can work with this piece of land or you know what? Yeah, it looks nice, but it's just not going to work. <laughs>
2: That's that's a good question. So the, that waterfall project, um, interestingly enough, uh, uh, the rumor is that several architects looked at it um, back in the day and said no, too, it's too severe. And uh, um, a a man named Scott Poole, who worked with Pete Dye, actually said, "I can do it," and he did. Um, it is it is a a, a stern piece of property, uh, very bold, and he, he built it. Uh, an amazing routing um, that that manages to produce a, a pretty good golf course. Now we are redoing it. We're, we're making it more friendly for golfers. We're improving the bunkers, improving the drains. We are working on it, but he did accomplish that on, in my case, I've really not worked on a property where I went, Oh no, that's just not any good for golf. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to work on, on land that, that works pretty well, or you, you choose a routing that allows you to, um, you know, each place you work, um it's not always not all the topography is usable so you have to take the best areas and, and the most gentle that, that are conducive to golf and and typically there's a real estate component with that as well so uh, with renovations it's easier because they're already there uh, we're about to start a new job down in um at Valdosta Country Club and you know I like doing historical renovations Um and that's one of the original eight golf courses in Georgia and we're going to get started on it next week. So really excited to um, add that to our to our resume.
1: And Bill, when you, when you do a new course like that, you know, how how do you and the owner go about finding the right superintendent? Because you're going to go through all that work and put together a beautiful golf course, and then trust it to just anybody. How do you decide who the right guy or gal is to come in and take care of the uh, the beautiful uh, golf course you just built?
2: Uh, good question. So at this point, I've done about seventy projects, which means I have about seventy superintendents as resources. And so it's a networking situation, just like anything else. So at Macromore, we actually did hire a new superintendent. We did steal him from one of my other projects, and um, and that's worked out well. That's Ryan Emerson. And, um, and he came from one of my other projects. And then um, recently, uh, one of my courses in Atlanta that you're familiar with, Dunwoody Country Club, their superintendent retired. Mm-hmm. And so um, I did assist in the in the club in the interviewing process in the beginning, um, kind of whittling down from 50 resumes, let's say, to about six. And then the club made the ultimate decision. But it's a you know, there's a lot of references, a lot of you know, what course are you working on, what type of grass do you work on? That's a big deal. Um you know, knowing that we we what the grasses that we have are the same as what you're used to working, you know guys do want to move um and changing grasses can be can be an issue, so we're always looking for somebody who's compatible with the type of golf course we're working on. Some guys are specialists with bent grass greens, other guys Bermuda grass greens, you know and there's all different types of grasses in the fairways, et cetera but it's a you know it's a almost i would call it a fraternity, but you know everybody knows each other pretty well it's kind of a small industry. And so referral is a big deal.
1: Speaking of grasses, that's the, that's the next question I had is, how do you decide what the right grass is going to be for the fairway and for the greens to make sure that it's something that can thrive and flourish and whatever the climate is, wherever you're building the course.
2: Well, the key word you just mentioned is climate. So we have to pick something that works in that area. Uh, we're about to start construction next month at Dalton Country Club in North Georgia. And while Macklemore is not that far from Dalton, Macklemore sits at two thousand feet above sea level and Dalton's more in the six hundred range. So it's 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 hotter. And so while we have bent grass greens up at Macklemore, we have determined that at Dalton we're gonna go with Bermuda grass greens because that's a grass that's just we can produce better results more months with Bermuda grass at Dalton than we can than we than we could with bent, and so we are changing the grass there. And then they're always developing new strains. Like the since uh, in honor of the Auburn victory uh, this past weekend, um, the the grass we actually used at Mclemore on the greens it's bent grass, and again it's cooler up there, but the grass is a uh, grass called AU Victory, developed at Auburn University. So I'm I'm very pleased to uh, to have <laughs> chosen that grass for that project. I bet.
1: So Bill, I got, I got to ask when you know, as we, get, we're coming, uh, obviously close to Christmas, what's an item on Bill Bergen's Christmas list this year?
2: You know, I, um, I was introduced to trout fishing a couple of years ago. I've only gone twice in my life and a superintendent friend of mine has, has outfitted me with a rod and a reel, but I don't have anything else. So, um, so I am looking forward to gradually learning that sport and uh, acquiring uh, something that goes along with helping me go catch a few fish.
1: Ah, good for you. Bill, remind our listeners, uh, again, how they can stay up to date with the great projects you're working on and keep up to date with all the great things you're doing, whether it's on your website or it's over social media.
2: Yeah, our website is, is bergengolf.com. That's pretty easy, but we're really active on social media with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you just Google Bergen Golf or Bill Bergen and uh, and you'll find it because we, we post weekly, um, if not more, and and we enjoy it. And people like, I think, seeing the golf projects, and it's it's fun for us as well. Chris, it's a pleasure to be on your radio show. I look forward to doing it again.
1: Well, Bill, it's always my pleasure to have you as part of the show. I can't thank you enough for being generous with your time and coming back. I look forward to catching up with you and getting out to Macklemore just as soon as possible.
2: Yes, anytime you want. Just let me know. We'll make that happen. Really look forward to having you up there to play. Might want to wait till the weather gets a little better. But but we were up there a week ago, and it was it was a nice day. So you know how it is in Atlanta and in this area. We get we get we can play All right. golf year round. It just depends on the week.
1: That's right. Bill, thanks again. Take care. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, to you and your family. Look forward to catching up soon.
2: Same to you, Chris. Thanks.
1: That's a great Bill Bergen, bergengolf.com. Folks, I'm telling you, when you look at the McLemore, I, it, when I say it's breathtaking, that's not an exaggeration. That 18th hole is, is something to behold. And there's a lot of other beautiful-looking holes out on the McLemore. And then you look at some of the other ones, the Highland Falls, Waterfall Club, and some of the other uh, great designs that Bill has. It's spectacular stuff. I tell you, you know, you talk about some of the signatures. I love the way Bill does his bunkers. When you look at the bunker walls and, and how the grass, you know, kind of edges all of that out, I think that's fantastic. That's one of the signatures I can typically recognize of Bergen design, but uh, it's really great stuff, folks, and I encourage you go look go look on Twitter. I've just retweeted a couple of things as well, so you'll find it on uh, certainly a ton of it on Bill's Twitter page. You'll see some of it on mine as well, and uh, it's great stuff, and I really look forward to getting Bill back on the show uh, just as soon as we possibly can.
3: At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family-owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacey Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. Fifty years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to pull the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best.